Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcast for the week of July 13th, 2015. This is episode 264, and I'm Chris Boyer, SVP at Revive Health, and today I'm joined by... Jackie Olson, Traffic Manager with Revive Health. And uh, Adam Meyer, also of Revive Health. And we have a very special guest with us today. Hey, this is AJ Monpetit. Or AJ Monpetit. Or Montpetit. Montpetit. Mont, don't forget the T. Yes, exactly. So AJ, welcome. You're from the Center for Innovation, the Mayo Clinic Center for Innovation. Is that right? That's right. So I'm the social media guy and external marketing person for the Center for Social Media at Mayo Clinic. So I do everything that goes online, whether it's a little bit of graphic design, video, podcasting, blogging, tweeting, Facebooking, Instagramming, flipboarding, and <laughs> Snapchatting. Do you Snapchat too? That account has been suspended. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, but you do everything. I heard podcasting in there. In fact, um, that's how uh, we kind of, well, that's how I got to know you a little bit. Well, actually, I got to know you from one of the conferences, but um, I started following your podcast a couple, uh, you know, a little while ago. Um, and it's a really great podcast. Tell, well, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I started seeing how people were doing podcasts over Skype. And actually, I was inspired by my brother, my brother and me, because they are not in the same state and they're hilarious. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you should check it out. It's good comedic relief. Oh. But I realized, OK, they're not in the same state. How are they doing this? Because I always wanted to do podcasts face to face. Then I thought, oh, duh, we have Skype, and there's ways to record Skype off your computer. So mm-hmm. I put two and two together, started calling some really cool people and saying, hey, can I podcast with you over Skype? And after making a bunch of mistakes a few times, I figured out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so always make that. mistakes, right? Exactly. But, um, but your podcasts are to support the, the Mayo Clinic Center for Innovation. So let's maybe we should start talking about that. Tell us a little bit about the Center for Innovation. So the mission for the Center for Innovation is to transform the delivery and experience of health and health care. And that's really through human-centered design as a focus. So the people who work there as designers and service designers aren't geared towards making the newest and coolest technology that's going to break everybody's mind because it's so cool. But it's more looking at, okay, we have existing systems in place. Where can we improve it? Maybe are we doing things that don't need to be done? And a lot of it has to do with taking away things. Uh, for instance, in our multi, for instance, in our multidisciplinary area, we have the ability to see patients for real, and they still use the little wooden flaps for the red, yellow, green, blue to help people understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why don't we use LED lights or anything like that? Because it's perfect. You don't need to improve upon that just to do it. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's really the main crux of what we do. Well, that's really cool. I mean, there's there's cool. there is a lot of cool things, and you cover so many different topics in this podcast. It's just really fascinating. So the so when you talk about you know the Center for Innovation, and that's what they do, right? They focus on that. Um, are, are there are there different activities that you do, or or products, or or how how does that how does that play out in real life? So in real life, it's it's really not the most glamorous thing when you think about it because it's not like you have this wall of toys that you tinker with and hack with. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the things that the designers do is observation. They really want to know exactly what's going on. So when patients call for a, an appointment, they sit there and they'll watch the appointment takers You know, answer the phones. What mm-hmm. are they doing? Ah. What kind of tools are they using? What are the patients asking? And they're trying to get a really holistic look at things to say, all right, you're coming to me with a problem, but is that really the problem we should be examining? Maybe the real problem is something deeper that you can just tweak a little bit and mm-hmm. have all of these great outcomes from. So it takes a lot of time and effort and really synthesizing all of that mm-hmm. information to get to the problem. 
And do you actually go into the, the, the care as well, like into the operating rooms? and The designers do, yes. The designers so they do. do a lot of observation, and wow. it's all, of course, all the patients are aware of it, and they agree to it and whatnot. And that's why we do have a that multidisciplinary room on mm-hmm. one, a different floor where we actually have doctors see patients in a super module area. So it's really cool because anything can be moved or taken apart, even the walls. Nothing's permanent wow. in that place. So wow. um, if they want to try, they have this one thing that came out of it called the Jack and Jill room. So they would have uh, rooms on either side of an examination room. So doctors could just kind of overlay their time and just go back and forth with that middle room for the examinations. But the time to speak to your provider to speak and go over things is in separate rooms. So they could see more patients in less time, but still give the same amount of care and quality. Wow. So it goes, I mean, this design is in in many capacities, not only like the furniture or the room design, it could be in uh, you know in different different ways that you actually approach care too is that right exactly and I was I was filming um, something that's being worked on right now but it was just mm-hmm. a, a design on how some of the information is presented to patients mm-hmm. what kind of color mm-hmm. papers do they use the you know maybe put it in big bold fonts this is for you and to kind of redesign even oh, those God. little things because you know in my experience I I went in to get this little cyst removed from my finger mm-hmm. and I got nearly 200 pages of literature to sure. read through and go over and remember <laughs> right yeah for basically all they have to do is make a half inch cut maybe two or three right. stitches and I'm done mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it was it was literally 200 pages of you know don't eat don't do this do this here's a surgical scrubbing tool and it was really confusing right right so what could we do better to make that experience and, and I think ultimately it's to kind of take that mentality of of saying these people need to have the best experience mm-hmm. of healthcare because outside of healthcare, we are all so used to experience and that customer service being the pinnacle of perfection. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think when I go to Amazon to shop for something in two days, it's at my doorstep. I right. barely lift a finger for buying stuff now. Right. Um, if I go someplace and I have terrible customer service, like one time over Christmas at Best Buy, I threw a tweet out about it and Best Buy responded to me within 10 minutes. Right. So right. here's a multi-billion dollar company whose social media team is watching for negative experiences and I rarely tweet anything negative because what's what's it worth? But right. mm-hmm. well. it was such a horrible experience. But then <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it warranted it and they responded and they took the right avenues to say hey we want to make sure right. that you're a happy customer mm-hmm. so so that's interesting because i mean it really when you talk about design it, it, it implies into kind of bringing into what we do is around communications and marketing and and how we're trying to improve the communications marketing efforts yeah. i think that's a big part of what of of how we look at things and adam i think it's kind of fascinating the design because you're a designer right i mean and you've, you've you also see this when you're doing websites and design right yeah well you know and we've always you know we've always prided ourselves a bit on coming at most of our clients challenges at least historically from uh, not just a peer marketing standpoint but also right. the patient experience standpoint especially right. if that's what they came to us for I mean I, I can't remember the exact client uh, but I know in the past we've worked on things like um, you know kind of valet service you know rather rather mm-hmm. looking at and, and the importance mm-hmm. of like cloth robes that kind of thing part you know things that really mm-hmm. you know make the experience things that are gonna right. you know drive word of mouth um, which oftentimes is going to be 
a better use of your dollars mm-hmm. than slapping a billboard up on I-94. Absolutely. Um, so, right. yeah. yeah. And we were talking last week about, you know, how the brand is really about your experience that you have. Mm-hmm. So all of this is kind of all ties together. And it's interesting. I mean, we're seeing this convergence of all these other industries coming in and, and showing us better examples in healthcare. But we within healthcare always s- tend to be really behind the times. I think uh, very characteristically uh, of our industry in, in, in the health system space is that, you know, people say that we're 10 years behind the time or whatever, put in whatever number that is, because we're not learning this. Now, from your perspective, AJ, I mean, have you seen, you know, how many outside in, uh, influences are you, are you seeing from just being at the Center for Innovation? I think we're seeing a lot because we're constantly, myself and the mm-hmm. designers and the staff there, are looking outside of healthcare for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, one recent example is the Techstars program, which is a nationwide innovation incubator. So some notables that have come out of it are Uber and the, mm-hmm. I'm totally blanking now. Um, Who is it? Oh, <laughs> so some notables that have come out of the Techstar program, um, two in particular, Uber and Daily Burn are really well-known companies that came out of this innovation incubator. So what uh, Techstars has done is taken it a one step further and launched this Techstars Plus Plus program. So mm-hmm. kind of a vertical integration to say, hey, you've graduated from our program, you've got a business running, let's introduce you to some strategic partnerships. So we had three companies come in this last quarter through that program related to healthcare. One was Owlet, which is a little baby sock that you can put on your infant from zero to a year old that is a pulse oximeter meter and will hmm. help oh. you know what's going on when they're sleeping and it's not all of the data on your phone but there's this little thing on your nightstand that will alert you if something's wrong and that's it, awesome yeah through, through I, a sock on a baby i wish yeah. that i is that is that something that's being tested now or something that it's exists? being sold now oh man wow. it's really oh, wow. cool i mean i i don't know had, had i known it existed like with our son who almost died of um uh, pneumocystis pneumonia actually we had no idea he had mm-hmm. it we had he wasn't being diagnosed they couldn't hear anything in his lungs but when mm-hmm. we finally uncovered that he needed to be in the hospital immediately and then uncovered it, the bigger problem of why he had it um was a, through a, a quick pulse ox reading at, at a, like a, a doctor's visit where it was like our third or fourth we'd been to the urgent care we'd been to the, repeatedly wow. in because we knew something was wrong but every time they were like Oh, we don't see anything, but they never bothered to put a pulse ox on him mm-hmm. until our um, pediatrician was like, you know, let's just put it. And she re- and realized that he was at like 60 percent. And, you know, had we had something like that on him earlier, I don't know that we would have just known to do it, but we right. would have caught, you know, his right. his condition that was deteriorating over time a lot sooner. Um, so he's healthy now. Oh, that's great. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that I mean, when hearing you talk about that product, I was like, oh, my God. I wish that that existed, you yeah, know. That's cool. And this was uh, built out ago. of, you know, a couple of fathers who had these issues and wanted to change it. And like uh, two other companies that came, one was Telespine, which helps with lower back pain, preventative and post back pain with helping with posture, some exercises. Mm-hmm. And it works with an app on any device you have. So they're, they're starting to see that device agnostic mentality. And the third one was Gentronics, which was a really cool way where they were one of the first in the Microsoft innovation incubators with the Connect program to say, mm. let's take this Connect tool mm-hmm. and build a program where instead of going to physical rehabilitation, mm-hmm. we're putting it in your living room. Yeah. So it can monitor your joints. It can give you prompts saying, oh, hey, you're not, your left shoulder's a little low, raise it up. Mm-hmm. And it monitors you and helps make sure that you're doing it correctly. So I, I think the overall theme that I'm seeing, and especially with... Um, mm-hmm 
companies like uh, I have to give a prop out to Real DX because I'm wearing their socks today. I got these pink <laughs> socks at Hims uh, this summer oh, from them. Yeah, <laughs> they're pink with mustaches. They're pink with uh, handlebar mustaches. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Works with a bow tie. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, they're just some people who are passionate, and their their whole idea is making video transcribed and encoded HIPAA compliant. So uh-huh. they're the back ends. You'll never see them. They're the guy behind the guy. And they're just leveraging a way to say, we want to see videos of maybe a provider-patient interaction. That's mm-hmm. my family member. Mm-hmm. But there's all these rules and regulations. Let's work around that. Mm-hmm. So... Right now, we're in this really cool time in history where the barrier to all this technology is non-existent, and people who are passionate about something or who have had an experience can change it, and through right partnerships like with Techstars++ and mm-hmm. the Center for Innovation, can be introduced to the right players in an sure. institution to get it going. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty incredible. The, the Center for Innovation, I mean, that the Mayo Clinic does, is that something that, you know, you're seeing, are there other centers like that associated with health systems across the country? Yeah. In fact, we just had a Innovation Centers Summit. We hosted it through mm-hmm. Blueprint Health, mm-hmm. and Mike Squires is the gentleman who organized that, and he's a really cool guy and very passionate about mm-hmm. innovation. And so we got to see from, you know, Mount Sinai, from Helix Center in London, mm-hmm. all these places all around the world, what they're doing, how they're kind of working and it was really cool. I got to meet a lot of fascinating people that are doing some amazing things. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Lenny and Aaron from Helix, the Helix Center in London actually just launched a website called Prescribe Design, which would be really good for your listeners to check out to see mm-hmm. how design and healthcare are working. They, they have a lot of blog posts from people that I've been able to connect to, like Dr. Joyce Lee in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. who are really putting the human-centeredness into design again and saying... The patient isn't this one-off from our daily lives, but they're the center, they're the Mm -hmm. focus, and they can help participate in the design process. They're not Mm -hmm. just someone, a car that's waiting to be fixed in an auto shop. Right, right. 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 I think that's an important part of of when you think about design. It's like uh, many people many people disregard that many, uh, our perspective has always been you know how do we where where our vantage point is and how we're we're approaching things and i think that's something that w- that we like to believe is we 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 really try to put that person first put the person as the center of what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. cuz ultimately ha- they're the customer exactly exactly right. now um i i want to talk about your transform conference really quick okay. cuz that's kind of a cool thing that you guys are doing and it's what this upcoming end of september early october yeah, so the Transform Conference is September 30th or October 2nd this year, and I'm really, really excited, not just because I work there, but because mm-hmm. of some of the people who are coming. We've got Dan Ariely, who mm-hmm. wrote the um, wrote tons of books, actually. One of them, The Upside of Irrationality, which is mm-hmm. a really fun book to read about how we can even trick ourselves into believing things that are false and mm-hmm. how irrationality is actually a good thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I took a Coursera class from him. <laughs> He's great, and I love his books, so he's yeah. going to be there. That's awesome. He's going to be there. Um, a gentleman named John Kostick from New England, mm-hmm. he, he and his wife, and this is one of my favorite stories because I got to meet him when I helped uh, present at a Make Health conference in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor. He and his wife have a son who has type 1 diabetes, and they both know computer programming very well. Mm-hmm. So they decided to hack his continuous glucose monitor and get the data that's coming out of it. So it gets sent to an iPad, and no matter where John is with his iPad, he can see it. And they also figured out a way for it to send the data to uh, Android smartphone on his son's person and send that data to dad's Pebble smartwatch. 
Wow. And oh, wow. so through that. That's cool. Smart people. Yeah, it's really cool. But it's again, it's that passionate, totally. those people going mm-hmm. through the experience. Mm-hmm. And they started this up. And now it's grown to a company, well, not a company, but it's a movement called Night Scout. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, their hashtag is we are not waiting because that embodies the spirit of mm-hmm. where we're at is right. stop waiting for these big buildings that have rules and regulations and 20 layers of hell to get through before you can actually get a yes or a no answer. Mm-hmm. Right. And their Facebook group has over 10,000 people worldwide. They've got you know, thousands and thousands of parents who have downloaded this because they just opened it up to mm-hmm. the world on GitHub saying, we don't want to make a penny off of this because John and his wife were able to go on a date for the first time in quite a long time because of being able to just see the mm-hmm. glucose level right? Mm-hmm. instead of pricking their son's finger every five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So because of their experience, they're like, let's put it out there for the world. And now the FDA, I believe, is starting to approach them saying, let's, let's get this cleared because they now have it available on Pebble, Apple Watch, and Android Wear. So oh, cool. really cool to see, you know, being able, to, again, to be device agnostic, meet mm-hmm. people where they are, mm-hmm. and really have that customer-centered, human-centered approach to say, you don't have to work in our ecosystem. We'll make it nimble, mobile, and be where you are. Right mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Excellent. So where is this conference at? Where is it? Uh, this year, it will be in Rochester, Minnesota, oh, okay. at the Mayo Clinic Civic Center, and the fun thing is next year we're going to Scottsdale because of the construction, but yeah. this will be the the next one in minute. This in, one will be in Rochester. So. In Rochester, right, in the, yeah. at the campus. Well, I mean, I've been in, I've been in the, the the Mayo Clinic campus at the end of September. It's not that bad. It's it's a nice town. Yeah. I will admit, this is actually Rochester is the longest I've ever lived in one place since high school, and really? it's really grown on me. It's a very cool town. Yeah, it is a cool town. We were talking about that earlier about you know how that there's a, sort of an influx of newer people now coming into the community, and that's interesting. So. Yeah, and I think right now, it, and this really may have a little bit to do with marketing, but not a lot, but mm-hmm. they recently passed uh, the Destination Medical Center bill through the Minnesota State Legislature last year, and it's really a cool, unique opportunity, and I can't think of another town that's been able to do this, to say, we have, Mayo Clinic came and said, we've got you know three some odd billion dollars that we want to dedicate to this town over the next 20 years. We've secured two and some odd billion from private investors. Mm-hmm the infrastructure and the amount of people there can't support that growth because mm-hmm. there's just not enough people for tax purposes to support that. So they went to Minnesota legislature to say, hey, if we invest this money into Rochester, start getting new people moving in, mm-hmm. build up the tax base, can you start diverting a little bit more funds our way to mm-hmm. help with infrastructure? We went through the general legislative process. It got passed as part of the omnibus bill. Mm-hmm. And now this town has the next 20 years to plan its future strategically and smartly. And Mm. most towns have to maneuver with what happens, what factories close, what industries pop up, and try to maneuver that way. But Rochester now has the the actual ability to plan their future, which is fascinating. That is cool. Yeah. And that comes through the fact that, you know, Mayo Clinic's there and, and, and... That's interesting. I mean, it's really fascinating. Well, I, I do like Rochester. It's a great community. and Just watch out for the geese because they're mean. The, the mean <laughs> geese at the end of so September, mean. right? Yeah. Right. I, had, I, had to, I had to kick a goose at my first job. Really? Yes. It was probably 1999. I had to. It was charging at me, and it wasn't stopping. Usually, you don't think they're going to stop, but this thing came at me, and it was like, mouth open and I don't really? know if you see the inside of a goose's mouth but it's, it's actually terrifying yeah. <laughs> they are they're vicious and I, and I just was just like instinctively because it came running around the corner of this building mm. and I just instinctively like kicked you it you screamed too didn't like, you I did like a, like a 
<laughs> no, no one, they're no. a little tamer in Rochester because people feed them way too much. But. <laughs> well, no one told me about the dangers of this when I moved to Minnesota. So I guess <laughs> yeah. something we have to. Oh. <laughs> we have They'll be out of here when winter comes. So yep. Don't worry. Okay. Whew, mm-hmm. Shoo. Yeah, winter is coming. I know that. Winter is coming. Well, Everyone keeps warning that. me that. Yeah, because yeah. it's still a beautiful, beautiful out. summer. <laughs> here well that's great thanks i mean thanks for sharing it with us about that and um we're gonna put links to the the blog uh to the site to your mm-hmm. blog to where you get your podcast and also the transform conference which looks really interesting so yeah thank um, you that's great just out of curiosity who is the audience for the transform conference then? oh yeah so i would break it down to really two people people who want to see change and have that passion to be entrepreneurial or innovative okay. in healthcare and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to be in a healthcare system kind of like yourselves you're working within healthcare but you're not mm-hmm. in a healthcare system sure mm-hmm. and people who are in the healthcare system who want to figure out a way to instill change or to mm-hmm. be what I like Guy Kawasaki's word for it as an entrepreneur someone who has that entrepreneurial spirit but they're inside the system so how can you work sure. with that mm-hmm. okay so those are the really the two key people uh, groups that we're trying to focus on and also just anybody who just wants to hack tinker and learn um, and I'll, like I'll right drop one rally here. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean geez I'll drop one more name to um, uh-huh. Jose Gomez Marquez from MIT is going to be one of our presenters and he will be doing a little maker nurse lab at the conference as well so his program is called maker nurse that he does where he goes to a healthcare facility and he helps empower the nurses to become makers with using whatever low cost means to kind of help fix problems. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Wow. That is so cool. We could the talk way more than a half hour of this. Yeah, I was going to exactly. say, like, I'm like fascinated by <laughs> what you're saying. This so is that really would be cool. cool to attend. Well, and really, yeah. honestly, it's so humbling to be able to do what I do because mm-hmm. I'm just the bozo with a microphone who gets to meet these people <laughs> and share their story. Um, you know, seeing what these people have done, like Common mm-hmm. Practice, who's going to be there, put together a game to talk about those really difficult end-of-life talks and mm-hmm. help you really work through what matters most in life. I look at that and I'm just blown away by the thinking and practicing and it's so amazing what they've been able to do. And if I can just help get the word spread through a podcast, then I'm just more than happy. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we're happy to help spread that word. That's really cool. So cool. Well, thanks AJ. So how, how are we doing on time? We've got about yeah, eight minutes or eight so. Eight minutes or so? I, I think enough time to move to something, uh, or not a related topic, but I mean, I guess we're going to go from uh, you know, uh, human-centered design <laughs> to uh, to babies pooping. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I think diapers going? ultimately are the most human-centered design product on Earth. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. See, he tied it back. Well, that, that, that makes nice. me feel better as I'm getting older here to, to know that in my future that, no. I'm well, <laughs> a, as the father of a 13-month-old, let uh-huh. me tell you how much I love diapers. Yes. And, and their <laughs> ability to ones? keep it. Yeah, are you a disposable old, diaper? Or? How old is Yvonne? Lenora. Lenora, Lenora. sorry. What's Yvonne, middle name? Yvonne's her middle name, yes. yeah. She's four and a half months, so kind of in the... This this really resonated with me. What we're going to discuss. Oh, yes. but, yeah. Well, Jackie, you I, found I this also article. Appreciate the Do you want to talk about yes. it? Do you want to f- talk about? Well, this article? it's not so much an article as it is. You know, <laughs> we'll post a link to the video, but it is. It looks like it was done by Sachi and Sachi in London for mm-hmm. Pampers Wipes, mm-hmm. and it's a seventy-five second video of babies poo faces in slow will. motion in, in slow motion, motion. 400 frames per second like which the, is awesome the, 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 yeah. the, the, the space odyssey 2000 there space odyssey yeah. uh, song plan the monolith song yeah <laughs> <laughs> and their faces doom, are great doom, and doom, doom. you recognize them yeah 
Oh yes, like very much. You so. don't even They're have to be hilarious. a yeah. You don't even have to be a parent. To, you don't and have some to have of them were just priceless too. Oh. <laughs> They're blowing bubbles. The one that was going cross-eyed, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> well, and they furrow their brow, and I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty cute that it's in slow motion and everything. And I do mm-hmm. have to say, if you do end up watching the video, I think it's funny that that this article was in Ad Week. Mm-hmm. The author um, makes note that at about 44 seconds that the baby looks like a young Nathan Lane. And <laughs> he totally very true. does. It's like creepy. Totally does. So. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That's true. Pay attention true. if you do watch it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, imagine that the, the ad room um, when they were coming up with this idea. What should we do? Let's do let's do f- pictures of or faces of babies while they're pooping. <laughs> but it's such it's such a universal thing, right? And we right. talk we talk about universal signs, symbols, or whatever. But when you see those faces, we all know exactly. It doesn't matter what language we speak. Doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> I mean, doesn't matter what age you are. Really, well, it doesn't really matter. No. Yeah, it's, it's, I still it's, make the faces. Yeah. I, I got, exactly, exactly. So I, I guess, said to these guys, the faces just aren't nearly as cute once you're like pushing forty or fifty. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, like, yeah, but still. I guess poop is the great unifier, and maybe that's our <laughs> podcast title. I don't know. Well, it is a best-selling novel. Everybody oh, poops. Everybody poops, right? Yeah. And I even found a copy in Japan, Mina no Unko. So I was like, it's it is universal. <laughs> it is universal, isn't it? But I had a question for you guys based off this video because it made me think about you know you guys and your pooping habits. Um, <laughs> are you so getting glad. enough fiber? No. <laughs> no. The my question was this reminded me of that that ad that a company out of London did as well about somebody's response about tampons and they had the VP of the company address that person directly and, you know, very comedically put him in his place. And I'm thinking are brands now starting to kind of get it that they don't have to be so stiff and you can actually be human and talk about the things Mm -hmm. like everybody poops. Right. Right. It's a part of life. And especially for Pampers, that's their business model. Mm -hmm. And why can't we humanize more like just the fact right. that we are people you know just because i'm i work at mayo clinic doesn't mean that i'm any more prolific in alliterations and elocutions than anyone else <laughs> right. but well you do speak well though. well thank yeah. you but <laughs> i practice in front of the mirror <laughs> <laughs> but, that no. helps <laughs> but like you know everybody likes a good beer after work doesn't matter if they're a doctor or a farmer mm-hmm. right and you know why can't we just be people right yeah and i think i think our industry is just a a poster child probably the poster child for being one of the most uptight if not the most uptight one of the most uptight when it comes to Mm -hmm. how we you know the message we put messages we put out the way we creatively choose to reach people right um you know if it's not a doctor Mm -hmm. with his arms folded and a serious face then it's not going to go out there (laughs) right exactly exactly Um, and you guys have mentioned this on the podcast before you know about these different ad campaigns that really try to push it in the healthcare space mm -hmm. and there's even some you know on the road from rochester to the twin cities there's some colonoscopy billboards not that i'm a big fan of billboards but i mean i think that you know that there is there is a room and i think we do all need to have a little bit more of a human human approach to the way we market communicate promote ourselves Mm -hmm. but in our industry you know it's it, it is right, Adam. Probably some of the most uptight people. I think maybe we should do a counter ad of like hospital CEOs looking, you know, just all kind of constipated, so to speak. <laughs> you know, like in slow motion, like you know, like they don't want to when they look at ads like this, ad concepts because there's they, <laughs> their poo faces. They're well, they're they're yeah, exactly, or they're, they're they're faces of disgust, which may be the same thing, right? <laughs> um, 
of like some of these ad concepts that are going out there or that some of the ways that we, we try to promote and communicate. And particularly when we're starting to do things that are just so counter to what a lot of people think in the healthcare space, what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we start talking about content marketing, we start talking about different types of ways that we communicate with people um, and how we should change that and how we need to be a little bit more focused on on addressing the right people and being more relevant, Joe Public, you know, the Joe Publics in the world, that they they just don't get it and mm-hmm. and to them it's like but no we want that ad with our US News and World badge on there and our doctors with the crossed arms and the white lab coats mm-hmm. and you know quite frankly people that we're appealing to the people that we're trying to reach they just that's not what they want and when you think about healthcare you want to think about stuff like you talked about with the some of the new advancements right and well again what was that hashtag that the, the people are taking we're not waiting uh, for, for type 1 we are not waiting we are not waiting right i mean i think that many of of patients in healthcare feel that way like we're, we don't right. want to wait anymore we don't want to wait in the waiting rooms or whatever so um, and I think the same is true with the sort of with some of the things that we're trying to advocate is that type of marketing, that type of communication. We need to go to that level because, quite frankly, people don't want what's in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not relevant. Well, and I think yeah. fundamentally we're in this really, again, we're in this really cool time where for marketing and branding too, for a lot of industries, that veil is no longer there between you and the customer. They know that you're a bunch of people working in Mm -hmm. a cubicle, working as a telephone center, working, you know, Mm -hmm. we all know that and we're exposed to that because we can (coughs) freely share our experiences. And like the guy with United Air with his guitar case being broken, being the first major uh, prolific thing using social media and the web to say, this happened and this stinks and I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So why can't we do that with healthcare? Because, yes, a lot of it is life and death situations, and yes, a lot of it is serious, but we still are people working in healthcare trying to do our best. But, you know, like Patch Adams, you know, humor can help. Mm-hmm. You know, we can laugh at the, totally. the silliness mm-hmm. because if we take ourselves way too seriously, then me personally, I, I can't take myself too seriously at right. any time because I know how silly uh, I can be and how stupid I can sound. So it, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't silly or stupid on this podcast. We really appreciate you <laughs> coming to join us, AJ. Um, yeah. That was a really good conversation. We loved learning more about the Center for Innovation. We'll put links out there to that and also the baby poop video. Mm-hmm. So um, I think with that, I think we should wrap it to a close. And so for uh, Revive Health, I'm Chris Boyer. Jackie Olson. <laughs> Adam Meyer. And AJ Montpetit. Thanks. Thanks. Mon petit. <laughs> okay, everyone. Bye.